Hello and welcome to the Magnetically You podcast. I'm your host, Madison Zerdyke. I'm a mindset and energy coach here to help you feel your freaking best and manifest a life full of magic, miracles, and abundance. I know that whatever led you here did not happen by coincidence. So I am so excited and grateful to have you here. So let's let the magic begin. Hi, and welcome back to the Magnetically You podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. I have Liz Roberta here today, and I recently went on her podcast and we had a conversation all about surrender. And it was one of, if not the most flowy podcast conversations I've ever had. And we just really jived and had such a great conversation. It was amazing episode. So I'm like, I've got to have her on my podcast and the episode from her podcast is also going to be aired on mine. It probably already is by the time this episode comes out. So you can go check it out on her podcast, the spiritual success podcast and listen to both. But anyways, okay. So Liz is an award-winning spiritual coach who helps entrepreneurs set up and scale successful spiritual businesses. She started her brand on Instagram in 2018 and has grown it to the point where she coaches people all over the world to help them align their life with their true soul calling. Liz was named the Emerging Voice of 2020 by Kindred Spirit Magazine and is the host of the Spiritual Success Podcast. So welcome, Liz. I am really, really excited to have you here today and see see where our conversation flows. Hi, Madison. I know it was honestly so fun. And my podcast episodes usually aren't that long and it was like an hour. And usually they're about 30 minutes, but we were just having such a good time and so in the moment. So I'm so grateful for you inviting me on your podcast so we can talk again. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So Liz is, we're, we're very much on the same wavelength in terms of like really connecting with the idea of spiritual entrepreneurship and letting our intuition guide us. So I know we're going to get into all that juiciness today, but Liz, can you start off by telling us a little bit more about you and and your journey and kind of like what led you to doing what you're doing today? Sure. So I've always been spiritual. I was literally born spiritual, which was the weirdest thing. Like when I was tiny, I was interested in spells and fairies and I'd literally spend my five pounds. (laughs) So like $5 pocket money when I was like 10, I'd go into town with a shopping list and I'd be like, right, I need uh, amber incense. I need frankincense oil, (laughs) lavender oil. That's literally what I would do. And I remember I was in year six, so grade six, manifesting this boy to fancy me. Like it was so bizarre. And this was in the nineties. So there was no internet. We didn't have mobile phones or anything like that. No one in my family was spiritual. The secret didn't exist yet. It was just something innate within me. And I really connect with the idea of past lives. And when I've done a past life regression and Akashic records readings and uh, meditations and things like that, all the past lives I've seen, I've pretty much always been a spiritual teacher of some kind. So I really believe that I was just connecting with that straight away. And I'm getting full body goosebumps as I say this. I I, I just had them right as you were saying that too. That's wild. Yeah. So um, I think I just straight away connected with that when it made no sense. Like, honestly, like I was in a Christian family and I didn't have any spiritual friends. So it was always something I connected with. I did lose touch with it for a long time during my teenage years. I was kind of crazy. And we talked about before how I had uh, eating disorders and I know you did. So my mental health was just absolutely in the pits and just being a rebellious teenager. So I lost it. Then when I kind of got out of that dark phase, I found myself in investment banking on a grad scheme. 
And within six months, I was honestly miserable. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've worked so hard to get here. Like I was always, you know, top student, loved learning. And I was always super motivated. So I thought, right, I want to go to the place where it's a total meritocracy, where I'm going to get rewarded for working hard because I just knew I could work hard. And I was like, great, if I can go somewhere, I can do that, then I'll do really well. And I totally didn't realize that it had to be something you got some enjoyment out of to be able to stay in it and to want mm-hmm. to it. <laughs> so, so after two years, I finished the graduate program and literally like the day it finished, I stopped and that was a Friday. And then there was a weekend and that Monday I started a master's. Then I went into fashion after that and I was like, right, this, this is going to be it now. I love fashion. It's going to be creative. I can express myself like this is really going to be me. This is going to be it for me. And again, six months, I was like, ah, okay, now this is really bad. And by this point, I owned a house. I'd bought a four bedroom house. I was engaged. Obviously, we were going to get married and it was a lot more serious this time. Like the first time I was only 23 So I Mm -hmm. lived with my parents while I was doing my master's. But by the second time this happened, it was it was a lot harder. And also I was starting to look kind of flaky, like I was more embarrassed this time about feeling the same way and knowing that I needed a career change. Because I was like, everyone's going to think I'm so unreliable and I just can't stick to anything, which I knew wasn't the case. Like I knew I could, but I just hadn't found it yet. So it was really, really tough. And this is literally pretty much all of my 20s, just going from one thing to the next, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Then after fashion, I was like, right, I'm sure I want to be an entrepreneur. So then I tried an Amazon FBA business. I also started a dropshipping business. And then it was from that that I just started writing inspirational quotes for those Instagram accounts. And I was loving it. And they were getting so much traction. And I was also writing a blog for my Amazon brand, which was a yoga brand. And then from that, I was like, hmm. I wonder what would happen if I just made a separate Instagram account and I just put my writing on there. I just put my Instagram uh, quotes on there. And then that eventually grew into what I have today. And this was back in May 2018. And uh, it just really grew organically. And it's so different from the things I did before where I was pushing and trying and using logic and using my mind. And this time it was really just about me doing what I enjoy and just seeing what happened. And then everything was so organic and all of the offerings that I've added to my business has pretty much always been invitation. Like I'll get messages from people saying, do you offer this? Do you do this? And I'll get the same ones again and again. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks universe. Like I'll start doing that then. Um, So yeah, (laughs) it's been a long process, but third career, third entrepreneurial venture. So I definitely have a third time lucky rule for sure. Oh my gosh. I love that. What do you think it was that allowed you to shift out of the like pushing and logic and like efforting into like allowing yourself to go into what you actually enjoy and just see what happens? It was honestly just everything else not working. And Mm. this is still something I struggle against. It's not like I've totally got this down. My mind, I think like most people, still wants to push the ego, the logic. But honestly, like I said, I did so many other things before and nothing was working. They always felt like a massive struggle. I was pushing and not getting the results. And so it's really been a process of unlearning and deconditioning myself to just really follow what feels good, basically. And now that's 
all of what I teach in my business, all about intuition, following what feels good, throwing out the rule book, and really just exploring yourself and finding what you enjoy and where your gifts truly are, because I found that they they really do match up the thing which you absolutely love, which is just so much fun for you where you're not watching the clock, is also very likely to be something that you have a special, unique skill in. And when you can figure out what that is and put it out there, it just is magnetic. How do you figure out what that is? I can, I can like hear people listening, like asking like, well, that sounds great, but like, how do I actually like know what that is for me? Sure. And I totally would have been asking the same question, like I said, through my whole 20s. And the way to figure it out is truly just to explore different things. Like I went to so many different training courses, workshops. I got certified in all different things and really just exploring. So think about where you are now and think, okay, what do I enjoy doing? I enjoy spirituality. Spirituality is the thing that I'm doing when I'm not at work. That's what I'm doing in my evenings and weekends. Okay. So that's part of the way there then what part of spirituality do you enjoy? Do you enjoy the feminine aspect about, you know, the womb and divine feminine, all that stuff? Do you enjoy witchcraft? Do you enjoy paganism? Do you enjoy manifesting and kind of narrow in and then just explore it? Look at what other people are doing. Notice what you're spending your own time on. For example, I'm always reading nonfiction spiritual books and I'm always doing online courses. And that is what I also have the most fun creating as well. So the things that you enjoy consuming are also very likely to be the same things that you enjoy creating or working on yourself as well. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Like the things you enjoy consuming are probably also what you would enjoy creating. So good. I find that to be very true for myself. And I, I love what you said about the doing what you enjoy and having that like mindset energy of like seeing what happens. Cause I think what so many of us get caught up in is like, it's not okay to do it. If it's not going to work out, it, it's only worth it to like go for it and do what I enjoy. If I know it's going to bring me like these certain results. So like how, what was that process like for you of just like allowing yourself to trust that what you enjoy is what's going to allow you to live the most fulfilling, abundant life? Such a good question. And I want to tell a story first, actually, which is kind of related to this. So when I left my fashion job, I was like, right, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I was not totally sure on on how exactly. Like I said, I was doing these multiple different things at the same time. So I remember at one point I was managing these three Instagram accounts and one of them was just my fun account for Instagram quotes, which eventually became I am Liz Roberta, which is obviously my main thing now, but I just started it for fun while I was trying with these other two businesses. But when I left my fashion job, I that was in Feb. So then three months later, I got an email from my head of course at my master's. And he was like, hey, Liz, I'd love if you can come down and give a voluntary guest lecture about buying and merchandising, which is what I worked in. Mm. I was like, hmm. And it was like a three hour drive. So a six hour round trip. And I was like, hmm, well, I haven't got anything else to do, really. Like, I'm not working. I guess I guess I'll do it. It would just be good practice for public speaking, if anything. Went down and then at the end of it he literally said to me wow that was really good and he looked away and he was thinking and he went do you want a job and I was like what do you mean and he was like well I mean you could take some seminars it'll be 40 pounds an hour a few hours a week and I was like oh my god and then I ended up being a marketing lecturer part-time 
and the universe just came in to support me with Mm. this part-time income which was like way way more so for comparison when I was working in coffee shops when I was at university then I was getting five pounds 75 an hour so to get 40 pounds an hour for doing something a lot lot easier than making coffees non-stop for an hour was just insane to me and the universe literally came in and filled that financial gap to enable me to follow my dreams so I do think that when you're trying to find what you want to do and where to really put your energy, that leap of faith is so important. Just really Mm. knowing, like believing that it is going to work out somehow, which is so hard to do. But honestly, Mm -hmm. when you practice it and you get the evidence and it happens, then it's a lot easier to believe. But I think most people and like me, until it happened to me, I was one of these people. You're so scared to really try that. And you hear the words all the time and you hear surrender and you hear leap of faith, but you never actually do it because you haven't experienced it yet. Instead of being like, deep breath, I'm going to fall back. I'm going to try this. And then it happens. And then you have the evidence, which is proof. And then it gets easier and easier and easier to really follow what you love and to really just give it a go instead of doing what maybe you've always done which is following that pattern of push 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 hustle 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 do 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 to get results rather than enjoy and be in the energy and see what happens knowing in full faith that it will always be the best outcome for you oh my gosh I love this it really does always work out and it's like that it's like the most simple thing but it's like all of my clients inner voices and and mine and I've seen so many inner voice sessions like you know the every inner voice says like it always works out it always works out always works out it always does it can't not like you're here listening to this podcast it has worked out up until this point you're here you're alive you're okay you're listening to this right like it has always worked out and I had a really powerful experience where my intuition gave me the nudge to leave my corporate job this February and at the time I was not like making the amount of money I thought I would want to be making when I quit my corporate job, but the knowing was there. I was like, okay, something is telling me for sure to leave. And it doesn't make any sense. It feels financially crazy, financially irresponsible. Like if I told, you know, my parents what I'm doing, I was like so scared to tell my fiance because I thought he was going to think I was like reckless and crazy. And he was like, I mean, I knew you were going to do this and like he could just feel my certainty of like, I know I'm supposed to do this. I can't explain why I'm going to do it anyways. And it all worked out. It's like my business very quickly did rise to making over $10,000 months, which was amazing. And of course, the divine unfolding. And in the like few months where I wasn't making the 10K in my business yet, but I had already quit my job. I, we ended up moving and I decided to sell my car, not because I needed like, not because it wasn't like I have to sell my car to get money. It was like, we're moving and I don't need a car in Washington, DC and we're going to go traveling. So I'm going to sell my car. And it's like between the car and what I brought in in my business that month, it was over 10 K. And then there was another month where between my tax return and what I made in my business, it was over 10 K. And it was like, I was always supported in that, like knowing an identity that I would have like my needs met. And it didn't matter how it like added up in my mind. It seemed to just like work out. I was like, Oh, I had no idea. I would get all this money back for my tax return. I had no idea I would be selling my car. I had no idea my business would grow that quickly. And yet 
it all worked out. It always works out. And I think trust is so, so huge and just allowing the process to be enjoyable because I don't think we have to trust in order to manifest. I think it's something we get to do because it feels like so much better to be interesting. So I would love to hear your thoughts on like what trust means and how that kind of plays into your like manifestation and spiritual process. Totally. And this is something I've had to do a lot of work on because when I was in that dark phase, which I mentioned of my teenage years, and had like all the mental illnesses going on, anxiety disorder, I had anorexia, then bulimia, depression. My trust was just zero. And I remember being a Mm. little girl and I used to pray at night and then I just lost it for a long time. And I didn't trust at all because there was so much going on in my life that wasn't great. So I just totally lost my connection and I lost my trust. And I think when it comes to building that trust in the universe and that trust that everything's going to work out, like you were saying before, it's all about stacking up the evidence. So our brains literally need evidence in order to believe. Otherwise, it's very, very hard to just believe an abstract idea that we have absolutely no proof for whatsoever. So I guess it's similar with manifesting. You think about what have I manifested before? Okay, I definitely did this, so I can definitely do it again. And it's the same with trusting and knowing that everything's going to work out. And I remember, for example, when I was trying to get my job in fashion and I'd been trying for nine months to get this one particular role and it was a trainee buyer role. It was like the creme de la creme of jobs and I'd put everything into it. It was so many phases like video interview, phone interview, group stuff, like just so many phases. And I put everything into it. I got to the last phase. I did the whole thing and it was a yes or no and they said no and I remember Mm -hmm. being on my knees and I was crying and I was absolutely distraught and I thought it went really well so I was just so so shocked and then I was Mm -hmm. on my knees and I was just praying there's all those moments where I was like god I need a sign if you're real I need a sign because I'm just absolutely struggling to believe here like I was manifesting I didn't understand why like how this could have happened And I was just had lost all faith. And then the next morning I got a letter through my letterbox and it was from a church and it was addressed to me, to my name, to Elizabeth. And it was because my niece was getting christened. So I actually got a letter through the letterbox from a church and I was like, whoa. And I still have that letter because it's the only time in my whole entire life I've ever had a letter from a church. And it was the day after I'd asked God to tell me that they were real so it was just insane and Uh, yeah it was honestly mental and just any times like that where you have manifested something where it has worked out where the universe has had your back making a list of those that you can refer back to like I said I keep that letter in my drawer so that I have it there if I'm struggling to have faith or I keep lists of things in my journal like if I get a psychic sense about something or a sign or a white feather and I write it down and I write the date and what I was thinking about. So when it's, you know, a sign that something's going to happen, then I can look back to it and go, ah, okay, I got that sign and that did happen. And then it strengthens my trust in myself and my own intuitive abilities and the signs that I'm getting. So just keeping that record and just collecting as much proof as you possibly can and just remembering the times when it has worked and also just knowing that everything does work out for our highest good in the end so when one door closes another does really open and the way that that worked for me with that fashion story was actually they 
offered me a different job. So they told me no. Then I had the feedback interview about a week later just to find out, you know, why they said no. And then they were like, oh, yeah, actually, we did really like you. We just thought you'd be a better fit for this other job. I was like, oh, oh, great. (laughs) That would have been great to know. Yeah. Like I thought my world had ended. So they offered me another job, which was in merchandising instead of buying. I ended up sitting next to my boss, who was a triathlete who read self-help books. He started recommending these books to me. That's how I got into self-help entrepreneurship and the rest is history. So it all worked out perfectly. It was exactly what I needed. I would have never be doing this now, probably if I hadn't sat next to him, who was my merchandising boss. So it does work out perfectly in the end. And that might mean that what you want right now doesn't happen or it seems like a door is closed, but it's because there's a bigger plan. There's something better out there that we can't always see for ourselves just yet. Oh, I love that so much. What would you say to the person who just got the no and they're on their knees crying or like they they didn't get the thing they think they wanted or it seems to not be working out? Like I, I know you kind of just like, Uh, touched on like there is a bigger a bigger plan so like in the knowing that there's a bigger plan something better is coming it's like in those moments like what do you do with that in the now you know what I mean does that make sense yeah totally and I'd say the same thing that I say to my clients which is ask for a sign ask for a sign Mm. and if you use cards then that's great like I use my tarot cards so much I have been using them since I was 14 so over half my life now and they have just been my trusty companion forever so I can always go to them for guidance or if you have oracle cards or just honestly openly asking for a sign like being like I need a sign and then if you can just try and forget about it because if you're constantly looking and scanning and thinking about it it's kind of going to throw the energy off but what usually happens is you forget about it for a few days and then something really freaking weird will happen And then you're like, oh, okay, I am still supported. Everything is working in my favor. I've had the sign that I've asked for. So just anything you can do to really remind yourself and prove that you are always being supported because I think that energy of knowing you're supported just makes everything so much easier, reduces anxiety and just makes it a bit easier for your manifestations to come to you, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And it's like trusting that like what you've done up to this point was always the right thing to do. And what you're doing in the now is always the right thing to do. Cause it's so easy to be like, I should have done something different. I should be doing more. I should be doing different. I I'm messing it up I'm getting it wrong. And it's like, what if that's impossible? What if it's impossible to fuck it up? What if it's impossible to get it wrong? What if you're always doing the right thing? What if you there was something you were meant to be doing, you'd be doing it? I totally agree. Totally agree. Can you pull a card for us? Do you have them close by? <gasps> of course. I'm okay. in my office. So it's hilarious. I actually have an ice pack on my feet right now because it's summer and we don't have aircon in England so I am in my office and I keep all of my card decks in the drawer because I do pull them out in client sessions I'm like hang on I'll pull a card oh my gosh yay I'm excited (laughs) okay I'm feeling drawn to use two different decks actually so I'm gonna do a combo a combo card pull I literally built my whole business on on card readings I don't do them anymore because I don't have time to now because my coaching is the main part of my business but I used to do a lot of card readings so I am very happy to be doing this right now yay I'm excited I'm very happy to be receiving this right oh okay full body goosebumps 
The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They can only be felt. So beautiful. So that's like an affirmation. And then my Oracle deck, career. So this is for someone listening who is at that moment in their career where they feel like they're just completely in the wrong place or coming to a dead end and they know that there's something bigger and better out there for them, but they don't know what yet. So I have career. Your career holds an exciting, positive energy around it right now. Expect miracles. And I also feel like this is for you, Madison, as well. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> I'm ready for a miracle. I'll take it. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I I love the first card too, about how like the, you know, it's about like what's what's felt on the inside. And I think so often we're like looking for something on the outside to give us the feeling and we're waiting to give ourselves permission to feel joy, to feel successful, to feel peace until the thing on the outside happens. And it's like those feelings are available now and they're found in inside of us by going within. And it's like, I feel like it's like our natural state. And when we're looking for it on the outside, we're kind of like almost like stopping that natural flow of like joy and peace from welling up. And if we allow ourselves to just be in the moment, like that's the state that will naturally flow, flow through us. Totally. It's like never enough syndrome. When we feel never enough, then we keep unconsciously creating things, which are never enough or which just reflect back to us our own feeling of not being enough for example relationships careers where we're being overlooked not feeling valued in our friendship group or in our family whereas really doing that work which is you know not to understate it is a process and there's so many different modalities out there which can help with it like inner child healing for example and just so many other things um, hypnotherapy has been amazing for me but just really embodying that feeling of I am enough and that's when you attract the partner of your dreams. That's when you start charging the prices that you're actually worth. That's when the world starts changing for you and you really raise your standards. And then you look back and you're like, what the hell? Why was I accepting all of these things? Like, I know that we can all relate to that when it comes to love. And you look back at your exes and you're like, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> yeah. Like when you were saying earlier about it's all working out. And I think again that's such a good example of that like when you go through your first heartbreak and you're like I'm going to die like I literally thought they were the person in my dreams and then you know it opens up space mm. for the next person you look back and you're like oh thank god thank god I found someone better so yeah definitely so important to do to do that work the mindset work the energy work of really realizing that we already are enough as we are which I know you teach about a lot with manifesting that like you you are enough and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything in particular to manifest. Like just being it is, is enough being the best version of you. Yes, I know. So an affirmation that's, that really helped me over the, the last few months, I probably wrote it like seven months ago. And it was like, who I am in this moment is more than enough to attract all the money and clients I desire. Because I think so often we see ourselves as like, I'm here and the version of me who creates the results is there, or I'm here, but the results are there. And I have to be and do and become and think and, and all these different things in order to like bridge that gap. And the gap was an illusion all along. And when we can like energetically, like release the illusion of the gap and know, like you said, like, know now the, the energy of like, I'm already enough. I'm already whole as I am. I don't need anything from anyone. I don't need anything on the outside of me. I'm whole. I've 
I'm, I'm sufficient in who I am and who I am is more than enough in this moment. There's nothing more I need to like do to get there. I'm already there. I'm already the person. So if I'm already there, then who do I want to be right now? And what do I want? What do I want to do with that? Oh, I love that. Yes. And it feels so good. Like I write out a future bio. So I write the version of me who already has everything that they want. And I look through it most days and like, this is me. This is who I am right now. Mm. And just really trying to shift that reality into who I am by again, just reminding myself, this is my bio. I am this. I am Liz. I have this. I have this. And just really, again, just trying to bring that into the present moment by just getting used to what that feels like and feeling into it. And how would I feel? Well, less anxious. I'd be less busy because I'd be prioritizing better, be outsourcing where I could be outsourcing. And it makes you see when you shift into that energy where where you are out of alignment with with that state of being. Oh, I love that so much. I feel like that's such a great journal prompt of like, this is who I am right now. And just write out who, who are you? It's not like, who do you want to like work hard <laughs> to become? It's just like, no, who do you decide you are right now? I, I love that so much. I would love if you could share what it looks like for you following your intuition in your business. Okay. This is such a good question. So I'd say it's actually a bit of a combination. So I talked about before how I always get invitations and for anyone listening who knows about human design, I am a projector and that's going to be the strategy of projectors waiting for the invitation. So when I get those repetitive messages coming in, like I created an ebook about how to make a beautiful Instagram because I honestly got like five messages in a row from people and it was so crazy. And I was like, all right, okay. Same with readings. I got like four emails from people saying, do you offer readings? Do you offer readings? Do you offer readings? Do you offer readings? I'm like, okay, there's, there's something here. It's like the universe tapping on the shoulder and being like, hello, you need to do this. <laughs> and then also just what I really, really enjoy that feeling of just being lit up, like lit up in your stomach, in your solar plexus, in your body where you're like, ah, I love this. And for me, I know what that is as well, because I'm not watching the clock. So it's the activities that I get totally lost in and just consumed by instead of watching the clock and being like, oh, when is this going to end? When's time going to pass? I don't even notice the time and I don't want it to end. So, for example, I'm writing a book which is out next year. And I really found that with book writing. Like I just did not know what the time was. I didn't care. I wish I had more of it to do the thing. Whereas I spent so much of my career wishing that time would pass, wishing that it'd be over. Whereas mm. when I was writing my book, I was like, oh, I wish I had more time to work on it. And I wish I could do it forever. So I think that that feeling is definitely part of your intuition, as well as the external signs. And I also think there's just that feeling of knowing sometimes when you just, you know what you really need to do, or you know where you're out of alignment, but we explain it away. But when you mm. really, really tune into yourself and it often requires everything going wrong like nothing working out for you to really be honest enough with yourself to realize what that is and realize what you've been ignoring all along because making the changes to align with your intuition is not easy mm -hmm. like it could require breaking up with your husband or wife and moving to a different country and leaving your career behind or you know cutting a parent out even I've heard someone say that so it isn't easy 
but we often do actually know if we're really, really honest with ourselves, where we're out of alignment and what needs to change in order to follow our intuition. Yeah, 100, 100%. I love that so much. What are your like favorite practices to bring yourself back into alignment or to feel your most in alignment? So for me, I'm really lucky. I live by the beach and I mean, it's England, so it's definitely not always sunny, but there's just something really special about nature. And especially for me being by the coast, that's when I feel the most grounded and I'll always try and take my shoes off. So I am literally grounded to the earth. I find that really helps. Writing for me is also an amazing way. So sometimes I'll take my notepad down or talking into voice notes when I get an idea or clarity or inspiration about something and that's how I'll get ideas for what meditations to make what blog posts to write podcast episodes uh, names of courses all that kind of stuff when I'm kind of walking in nature and just so full of of joy and then as well I'd have to say moving my body doing exercise I do this thing called crazy dancing, which my husband just finds hilarious, but I close, <laughs> I close all of the blinds so that no one else I can see. I put Taylor Swift, shake it off on, and I dance for that four minutes like I'm five years old. Like when you're a kid and you just don't care and you just dance for fun and for freedom. And I do that because it just helps you literally shake off all of the rules, all the conditioning, all of the times that you think, oh, I have to be a certain way. I have to follow the rules. I have to do it so that other people think it looks good, which is often what we do with dancing and literally just shake off and be free and feel what it feels like to be totally you, which often is how we were as a child and just shake it off. And I think movement, being in nature eating well, anything else that you enjoy and that gives you a little bit of space in your schedule just for you is a great way to really connect with who you are so that you can then figure out what you want. Ooh, I, I love that. And I like what you said about, yeah, shaking it off because there's, you know, a like scientific layer to that as well. Like it not only like energetically feels good and feels fun, but there's, I read a book recently called uh, something about a tiger and it was about trauma and how animals have this natural response after they go through a traumatic event like very soon after they shake they shake and that's like the release of the energy so the trauma doesn't stay like stored in their body they release it through the shaking and humans have developed these like habits where we we don't let the full processing of the emotions happen so they kind of get like stuck in our body and it's like shaking is one of those like primal like practices that this guy talked about as being like a way to release trauma and just release energy that hasn't been like fully processed through to actually like process it through and release it so it's not like it doesn't get like it's never stuck in the body but it doesn't go like dormant in the body for a time period and then become a thing that like gets poked and then you experience being triggered it's like when you release that it's like the thing that would have poked it before and triggered it like it no longer has that like emotional weight because you've like shaken it out basically yeah, definitely. And if you think of our lifestyle, like I noticed this so much when I worked in an office and you're so still all the time. And then we manifest so much tension in our body and, you know, repetitive, um, I can't remember what the name of it is, that repetitive strain that we get from just doing the same things all the time. So yeah, it's so important to move, to shake. And I was someone who 
hated exercise like I literally dreaded sports day for like a week beforehand it was awful I was always last in the races like I just had so much trauma around sport but then eventually I found yoga and then dance exercise and there is some kind of movement that works for everyone and I think that's just so important to keep things moving like you said and of course there's so much biology around it around how it wards off depression and makes you feel good uh so yeah definitely moving shaking all the things so important stay in that high vibe state yes energy is meant to move and flow so yeah i would love if you could talk about what you feel are like the most important things to be for spiritual entrepreneurs to help them call in their soulmate clients, help them manifest their soulmate clients to help them become magnetic to their soulmate clients. This is such a strange question because I don't think you know this, but I'm actually doing a masterclass on attracting your soulmate clients next month. I haven't promoted it yet. So that's so crazy that you asked me that. I love it. You totally channeled it. Yeah. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is definitely authenticity. So I really think that people can tell, especially spiritual people. So I do think like my master's was in marketing and that's what I lectured in. And I think the spiritual audience is a special type of audience because you're dealing with empaths and intuitives. So more than anyone, they can feel if you're not totally energetically behind what you're offering. And that Mm. includes not believing in yourself. That includes not feeling aligned with your price if it's too low or too high. And if it's something that you don't really want to be offering, but you're offering it because you feel like you should, or you feel like it's the logical way, or it's working for someone else. Whereas if you can put out there the offer that you really just love, you have total faith in, you're behind the price, and it authentically reflects you and just what you love and what you truly want to put out there people are going to pick up on that. And if you think of the best people who sell, so if you're into, um, I don't know, certain online courses and you think of the teacher and you think of why you bought that course and what enticed you to buy it, it's probably because the person selling it was so so energized by it and they loved it you can tell their passion you could tell they believed in it you could tell they're enthusiastic about it and you could sense that from them so you need to figure out what that offer is for you where you're totally behind it where you don't have to try and sell where you don't force it in any way where you believe in it this is such a common mistake that I'll see I'll be able to feel that someone doesn't believe in their offer so you need to find that thing and like I said that includes the offer itself and the pricing where you just love it you totally believe in it and you put it out there so I think that's so so important and like I said just not looking at other people and going, okay, well that worked for them. So I have to do that or that's how they're getting money. So that's what I'm going to do because often when you Mm. do that, and I found this for myself so much that I would try and do things because I was like, that's, what's going to get me money. And actually the things that work the best are the things that you do for love and joy, because that energy that you put into them is just so much more magnetic and it's really much more aligned with what you came here to do essentially like what you love to do what your mission is when you put it out there just from a place of love and joy and service rather than doing it to get the outcome that you think Mm. you're going to get yeah so good I feel like that was a huge shift for me and it's like the 
doing to get because you think you have to do these things in order to get these things. And it's just like, well, fuck that. That's not fun. So it's like, what if I just do what I want to do? And then it's like, then it doesn't even matter if you get the outcome, which you're probably going to get the outcome or something better. But that's not even the point because it doesn't even matter when you're actually doing what you want to do, when you're actually selling what you want to sell, saying what you want to say, being who you want to be, doing what you actually want to be doing. Like you're enjoying here therefore you don't need to be running away from here to get there because here's where it's at here you're living your best life here you're doing what you actually want to be doing so there's no pressure on needing to get the outcome because you already have chosen to love what is yes and going back to manifesting as well what we were talking about earlier about being the person who already has it if you were the version of you who had all of the money that you could possibly need you'd only do things for love because you'd already have the money that you want. So the things that you create just from love and joy and purpose and service without focusing on the money are probably going to be the thing that gets you the money because you're being the person who you would be if you already had the money, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I love that so much. Is there anything else coming up that's on your heart to share that we didn't talk about? Yeah, I just had something come in about scarcity and really realizing what scarcity looks like because scarcity can be so pervasive. And I think of when I had eating disorders and I, it was the craziest thing because I wanted food all the time. I was absolutely obsessed with it. I was addicted to it. Like it was literally an addiction, which Mm -hmm. I never hear them being compared, but like my stepdad is an alcoholic. He's been sober for nearly a year now, but the way I saw him behave used to be what I was like with food and I Mm -hmm. never hear them get compared, but it is kind of like an addiction. And I was trying to starve myself to get the result of being thin, but Mm. because I was scarce of food, I was obsessed with it. And I was always thinking about it and I was trying to get it. And that's how I fell into the bulimic pattern. Cause I was like, oh, I can have both. And I think that kind of scarcity behavior manifests in so many different ways. Like for example, if we're scarce in love and we're trying to find the partner and we obsess over it and we're coming from the energy of scarcity, same with money, same with business. And I think just really noticing where that pattern comes up and where it's like a longing and where we're not feeling like enough of ourselves, which is creating that scarcity. And actually the scarcity is never on the outside. It's a scarcity on the inside, that part of ourselves where we don't feel enough. Why don't we feel like enough? What can we do to feel like enough? How can we fill that void by spending more time with ourselves and understanding ourselves and realizing that actually we don't need anything else on the outside because nothing on the outside is ever going to fill that so I think understanding that link and just absolutely filling yourself up with enoughness will will really highlight you where you may have been acting in a way that's driven by scarcity oh wow that's so powerful and I resonate so much with that it's like yeah it's like if the underlying belief is in scarcity then like that's where the obsession comes from and it's like we think to fix to get rid of the obsessive (laughs) thoughts and energy that we just need to fix something on the outside, change something on the outside. And that's what will fix the like obsession and the stress and the pressure and all of that. And it's like, that's just like, I don't know, like mind, (laughs) our minds like trickery and really what it is, is like going down. Yeah. Like you said, going inward and like going like going into the wholeness of who you are right because our intuition and our inner voice it's like we have the knowing of our wholeness like it is within us and it's like I think our 
minds just tell a different story, but like, we don't have to believe this story. The mind is telling, we don't have to react to this story. The mind is telling. And it's like a practice of like being like, okay, mind, I see you. And you can have all these like thoughts about what I need to do and whatever. And I'm returning myself to my inner knowing that I have everything that I need. So, so good. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. I, I love that. Okay. I'm trying to think if there was anything else I wanted to ask you. Well, something else is actually coming up. Do you have a couple more minutes? Yeah. Okay, cool. I would love to hear if you have like a particular daily spiritual routine and like what that looks like for you. Maybe it's like a morning routine. I think I've heard on you talk on your podcast a little bit about morning routines. So that's coming through to ask you. So I figured I would ask. Yeah, it's so funny. I get asked this question so much, actually. So yeah, I have done a podcast episode, Own Your Mornings Like a Spiritual Boss, because I... I'm such a morning person. So the morning is such a key part of my day and my morning routine does change. I say just morning because that's the only time I do have like a routine of spiritual practice, but I know that a lot of people do theirs at nighttime. And obviously it's going to be really different if you have kids or you work night shifts or whatever it may be. So you can just alter it however works best for you and obviously just really be intuitive with it. But as I said earlier, cards are huge for me. Like they're such a big part of my life. So I get up, out of bed I the first thing I do because I walk past my office when I go downstairs so I walk into my office I pull a day off my Hay House calendar which is a a daily calendar and has a different quote on each day so I I go to the next day that starts me off with a nice affirmation then I pull a card from my oracle deck and I always find that message is just exactly right for the day ahead and then I'll notice by the end of the day obviously when I first do it, it doesn't mean anything then by the end I'm like oh okay yeah that message totally makes sense so that affirmation and that card I pull they kind of guide my day because they're the very first thing I do I go downstairs I love coffee as I said earlier I was a barista for four years like age 16 to 20 that was like my part-time job so I'm obsessed with coffee I have a fancy coffee machine and I make a coffee kind of coffee is it like what what brand Um, I feel like you would know the good stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's a brand called Pact P-A-C-T okay I, I don't I don't know for sure if they're outside of the UK but they are from international coffee growers and they're fair trade so it's a little bit pricier but they're all you know organic fair trade they tell you about each of the farmers like it's just really good coffee as opposed to like getting the cheapest stuff from the supermarket um so it's amazing coffee so packed p-a-c-t good for the planet and the people and all that stuff I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm such like a coffee snob. Like I just, I want it slash need it to be like really high quality and delicious. Like I just cannot settle for mediocre coffee. So I'm like, thanks thanks for letting me know. No, I'm exactly the same when you stay in a hotel and it's like a paper cup with a sachet and I'm like, no, (laughs) this is not going to work. No, it really isn't. (laughs) 
so yeah so i have my coffee then i it's the strangest thing so for some reason i always have two books on the go i never just have one i always have to have two but i read them both so every morning i read two books at the same time i, I literally don't know why but it's just a, a thing um that I wait do. two at the same time or like one and then the other one and then the other but like okay <laughs> Like, <laughs> like I'll read both every day. Okay, yeah, cool. It's, it's so weird. So like I'll read a few pages of one and then I'll close it and I'll pick up the other one and read a few pages of that. I, I really don't know why, but I think what it is is I love to read like business mindset I guess the more divine masculine stuff and then my spiritual so I okay. guess it's like a balance of those so like yeah for example, now I'm reading tools of titans by Tim Ferriss which is very you know like masculine mindset routines uh, entrepreneurial mm-hmm. so I read a bit of that and then my other book is a course in miracles so it's super super spiritual okay so, cool so I read a bit of this, a bit of that. I do daily gratitude practice. So I have a page a day diary. So it's like uh, an A5. So like half of an A4 per day. So I write gratitude. I always write, I am enough. This is enough. This is enough because I am enough every day and gratitude. And then I have my proper journal, which is where I record things. Like I was saying earlier, when I get signs, which is where I write my I am lists and my more, I guess, more kind of neat journaling that I look back on. Whereas my okay. gratitude journal is just like rough, you know, kind of train of thought stuff. Okay. And, and then exercise. And yeah, I think that's, that's it. I, I do meditate sometimes, but it's definitely something which gets pushed out especially when I'm busy so that's something that I do need to do more of I love I love all of your practices I'm like oh maybe I'm gonna do all of this tomorrow it sounds so fun and I really like that you pull your cards like in the morning I've kind of I go through phases where I'll sometimes it'll be a regular daily practice and then other times it'll just kind of be you know, a random thing, but I'm excited to get back to mine because they've been in our storage box. I have one deck. Cause I was like, I, I thought I was going to be able to go a few months without them. I'm like, Oh, I'll just, I don't need to bring more stuff on our travels. And then I realized I'm like, I really want a deck. So I found, I stumbled upon this like fun spiritual crystal store in Miami and bought one and, and I love it, but I'm excited to get back to my other ones. Cause I love them too. But anyways, okay. (laughs) I'm going to stop rambling now. Thank you so much for being here. Can you share where everyone can find you, follow you, hang out with you, work with you, all all the things? Yeah, sure. So I'm mainly on Instagram. So it's at I am Liz Roberta. And then from there, you'll get to everything else, my blog, my podcast, and my website, which is lizroberta.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. So thank you. Yeah, of course. And for everyone listening, if you enjoyed this episode, tag us on Instagram. We'd love to hear if there were any signs for you in this episode, or if, if you feel like one of the cards pulled was meant for you. We'd love to hear from you. So that is all. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, everyone listening. I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Magnetical You podcast. If this episode served you, I ask that you share it with someone who it could make a difference for or share it on social media and tag me at Magnetically You. Make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the magic. And it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. 
and I will see you in the next episode.